We are Flag Rose and Spears, and we are supremely black. Uh, I'm gonna ask y'all how y'all doing after I just say what I gotta say because I got something to say. So it's gonna be a little bit different this week. I think a lot of times what we don't do is, uh, as man, especially black man, we don't express our feelings like that. So today was a. Uh, I don't want to say trying because I'm relieved now and I'm refreshed, but I was heavy today for a certain extent. And so when I took a shower earlier today, I had my headphones on and I was listening to gospel music, but I just broke down in tears and crying because I just felt the weight of everything on me. But after getting that out, I feel amazing, I feel good, I feel refreshed, I feel relieved, I feel less weight on my shoulders. So one, I just wanted to share that because I feel like as black men, we don't share or talk about the times where we do break down and cry, where we are going through heavy moments. And so I just wanted to say that before I allowed y'all to tell me how y'all week been and what y'all been going through or whatnot. And then, uh, to talk about my week, my week was amazing. Uh, my brother and sister, but sister-in-law just for to correct, for conversational purposes, but she's my sister. But my sister-in-law with my uh, nephew and niece came down and visited. They was uh, going to a friend's wedding in San Antonio, but they came home for a minute. So I got to see them and I don't get to see them too often because they live in Colorado. So uh, got to chill with them, went out with my sister and them um significant others and stuff like that and had a good time and uh partied and chilled some things that we don't get to do often and much so that was a blessing got to spend time with my nephew and niece that i don't get to see on a regular so that was a blessing my i had my children this weekend so that was a great thing just seeing them grow but then also seeing them with experiencing life with their cousins and enjoying each other's company and then just fellowshipping with family and all that stuff. That was a beautiful thing. So that's how my week been, how y'all week been fellas. And sorry for interrupting the flow of how we normally work. I know it's all good, man. But appreciate y'all allowing me to do that as well. Yes, sir. My question is, as you got that cry in the shower, did you get a chance to take a nap after that? Nah, I ain't had no nap today, so no nap. Hey, Sometimes when you feeling heavy, you get that good cry out, and you get that good little 30 minutes or hour nap afterwards. Man, let me think. Come back refreshed and renewed. You hear me? Nah, I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, but yeah, you're right. You're right. Sometimes we don't talk about our feelings. Sometimes we don't get to share that uh, type of things like that when we got to let out a good cry. But, you know, men cry too sometimes. We just do it in the shower so y'all bust them see the ugly face. That's all it is to it. That's how we got to do it. But uh, my week has been great as well. Uh, uh, we have got rid of the tenderonies. So everything is all good in the hood. Uh, back at 100% and flowing with that. Um, almost had another tenderoni scale with the youngest one, but they came back all right. So that was good. It was just a little, little mild cold, you know. Um, and then your boy, your boy been going at it. Done lost 15 pounds. So, you know, we 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 getting back on the track to get get back right, uh, get rid of this pandemic weight uh, that I put on. 
I said once I got done recording my album, I was gonna go back. I didn't reverse. Some people try to get in shape before they record the album. I said, nah, I want I want everybody to see how the pandemic did you, boy. You know, we all out here fat, the gain weight, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, I thought after this over with, after I did the album record, I've been back in the gym, just came back from the gym not too long ago. Uh today was kind of sluggish though, because I was, you know, how that weekend your boy was kicking and partying. I got I got to running and your boy was tired a whole lot quicker than usual. <laughs> so, but other than that, man, uh, the week has been great. Got some uh, special getting hype a little bit because here, in, uh, not this weekend, but next weekend, I'm gonna go to Chicago and get to share some of these jokes in Chicago over the weekend. So, man, I'm looking forward to that and uh, can't wait, man. Just overall, I had a good good week. Got to kick with my brother for a little while. Um, and he done moved up here, so we got to hang out for a little bit on Saturday night, and and you know he get to kick it in 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 the city of Nashville and and act a plump fool. So that was good. I I just can't hang out like that no more. I cut up out of there by twelve thirty. <laughs> B Rose. Yeah, my uh, week been good, man. But uh, I love to see it them fifteen pounds and drop. Well, you went from a C cup last week to about a B cup now. So you- <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, you trying to get rid though. of them heavies. Yeah, yeah, get them up <laughs> off you, boy. But nah, man, everything been solid, man. I, I, and I salute Spirits uh, for it. I'm, I'm going to say that uh, I think uh, Rod Wave will appreciate this episode because honestly, today I got a text message from my homeboy, and uh, it made a real one. Shed a couple of thug tears, man. I just caught myself just thinking because you really just never know your your impact. So just to kind of share it. Uh, my, my brother 50 he has a huge impact within the community and he has the ability to reach out to the youth. Uh, so he was able to speak with his mentors and his accountability coach and they were, I guess, assisting doing something within the community and he had shared that he had played a clip, maybe it was from a, a, our podcast or one of the stories or whatever. And he said he noticed a shift in the room and a lot of the kids was like, wow, so this is where this guy came from. So I don't know what he shared, but I just say that to say this is that um, I don't think sometimes we really realize our impact and that you being vulnerable makes you actually uh, easy to, people are able to relate to you more when you are vulnerable because I think a lot of us walk around with this mask on that's either gonna be perceived as tough or perfect. Uh, But when bro hit me with that, I couldn't do anything but like for five minutes, like I had the, like Flake said, the ugly cry. I was just over here. It really caught me because at the end of the day, I'm just a little boy from the hood that wasn't really supposed to make it out and definitely wasn't going to be inspiring nobody by anything that I said. At least that's what I thought. If you'd asked me at 12 or 13, that's just what it was. But uh, bro hit me with that. Now, like I said, uh, it, that, that turned my day around. I didn't get to get the nap in, but I did get the shower. So it was very appreciative about that. But Week's been solid, man. Just working, grinding, um, staying in tune, staying in touch with all the people that are very important to me, and loving and living. I can't complain at all. So uh, I know you said outreach. I mean, I know you said impact, but I also want to say outreach because the outreach that you have individually, but then also collectively with Supremely Black and everything, sometimes because we aren't doing some of the things that we might aspire to be or because sometimes we just think that we're not who we really are. We diminish our 
impact and outreach that we really have on the world and on our community and on our culture. So I just wanted to also throw that word in there because sometimes, you know, just being who we are and, you know, wanting to be perfectionists and wanting to get a certain level of people to listen or to tune in or to hear our message or our story and stuff, we may negate it because we ain't seeing what we really want to see. But the stories like that are the stories that really matter and the only stories that matter. It's not like if we get to the masses, but the masses just hear us, but they ain't really taking it in and taking heed to what we're saying. It's that shit that really matter and, and that's important and that's effective. So I just wanted to say salute to you, salute to 50, and salute to them children or them kids or them young men, whatever they are, because I'm not trying to disrespect you by calling you a kid if you're a young man or whatever, but salute to y'all and we appreciate y'all and know we out here fighting this fight for y'all, with y'all, and because of y'all, because without y'all, we ain't nothing because we used to be y'all. And so uh, salute to that, but then also salute to y'all brothers because y'all been doing it, so. For sure, for sure, salute, salute. Yeah, find out what clip that was. I I want to hear what clip. I want to know what clip it was. I got you. I'm gonna ask him see what he actually yeah, played. All right. All right. But uh, let's go ahead and just dive into this topic because today it, it's a topic for you. So let's just get into it. Do black people deserve? And I'm gonna be all the way raw with it. Motherfucking reparations. Mm. Do do we? Are, no, not not even deserve. Are we owed what's due to us? And since because I said what's due to us, y'all already know my stance, but I'm going to let my co-host go ahead and tap in first and let me know how they feel about if reparations are something that we deserve, that we're entitled to, that is basically a fucking birthright in my eyes. How, how, how do y'all feel about it? Or what is y'all ideology about reparations? Well, when you, way you did the question at first, I was going to say something vulgar, but I can't say that. I was going to say one of, one of them old school uncles that tell you something. If you ask them something that's obvious, boy, is and I'm just going to say, it's a poor chop pork. That's what I'm going to say. I'm just going to clean it up. <laughs> I, I can just hear what my old uncle saying there, my granddaddy saying there, but I just and I could put it out on this platform. <laughs> nah, you, you could have said it's water wet. We would have known. We would have known. Oh, yeah, yeah. Water wet. <laughs> but yeah, we deserve it. Yeah, yeah, we deserve it. Um, they know what's owed to us. Uh, would they ever give it to us? I, I don't know. I don't know if we ever live to see it. They know it's owed to us. So hell yeah, we deserve it. We deserve every bit of it. I mean, you can't just... Even like like people like to use college uh, sports as slavery before they start paying the college uh, students. But the thing was, those college players got something in return. It might not have been money, but they got a four year education they could use. They got experience they could use. They had you know free food, room board. Uh, they had their freedom during the summer times, you know, to do what they need to do. They even had their freedoms during the school year. And then they preparing themselves to eventually make a large lump sum of money after that. Uh, I don't think you can compare the two to that. Uh, people ain't being slaughtered on fields, tennis courts, baseball fields, basketball courts. Uh, when they go to college, do these things. We talking about uh, black people that was bought, sold, killed, raped, 
giving leftovers, uh, barely had clothing. It's not like it was a, a resource that they was protecting and taking care of us or anything like that. But I mean, a short answer for right now, hey, yeah, we deserve our reparations. It should be no doubt about it. It shouldn't be no question about it. If you was a man, I put it like this. If you was a person born in the United States of America as a citizen, as a black African-American or a native of America, because I believe they might have been in bonds as well, but we don't hear about that as much, um, then you deserve to get your reparation. I mean, we know those have done research that, that black people was here before uh, so-called the, the guy Christopher Columbus came over here. But let y'all tell it in y'all history books, the story y'all want to write is that we're nobody here except the natives. So in other words, then how in the world did all the rest of these black folks get here under the story that they pass out? So with that being said, when they have a question, well, we don't know who's descendants of slaves. Now, from the history books y'all like to write and the stories y'all like to tell, that's the only way we could have got over here. So therefore, every black person that was born in the United States as a citizen is a descendant of somebody's slavery. You had the same damn energy that you've been putting in them history books for hundreds of years. No, nah, but, but even with what you said, let's be real. Even the natives of this land, the indigenous people, became enslaved. So yeah. regardless if we came from the transatlantic slave trade or if we was here first, you still a slave. So anybody with melanin deserves some fucking reparations. So That's I mean right. it I mean so it don't matter if you're gonna say descendants of slaves, whatever, any way you put it, anybody with color, y'all locked up, chained, killed, murdered, disrespected. Like so like and then and then on top of that, let and the thing is people like man slavery was so long ago. You know, that was so long ago. I don't even know why we talk about reparations. But it just, you know, slavery might have ended. But we had a whole long Jim Crow era where black people couldn't get paid the same amount of money, where black people couldn't get the, you know, we weren't created equal during that time either. So, I mean, let's just not act like slavery was over with it. And we instantly was like millionaires on the block. No, nah, they ain't had this happen. You know, so. Nero. Yeah, my, um because I know there's going to be some follow-up questions. I, I definitely think that Black people are um, definitely deserve the reparations for sure. Uh, just as it's been in previous years, I mean, Jewish people were paid back uh, for their times during the Holocaust. Uh, and, and the indigenous people that you all speak about, they have their own territories um, and still, you know, claims within this. Um, so of course, I mean, I keep it simple because I know we're gonna really dive into it. But yes, we 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 deserve and should have already been given uh, reparations. So y'all know how I feel. We deserve reparations, and as Rose said, we should already been given reparations. However, since all of that's been stated, Flex made good points. I touched on it a little bit and said how I feel. Rose made it short and sweet. This is my next question. What would please you or be suffice in today's terms for reparations if Biden passed the law or if, because you know, 
the person who really forged, if Bernie was in office or whatever, or if Bernie could even, because he's still fighting the fight and trying to get legislation passed in certain aspects of how he feel and how he agree, if he could get reparations written into law or a bill forged for reparations, what would be sufficient enough for y'all to say they did a damn good job or for y'all to say this is disrespectful because 40 acres and a mule not gonna cut it no more. It's just not. So what would y'all say is pleasing to y'all, but then also what would also be a slap in the face that y'all be like, I don't want that shit. Even if they tried to make what they call amends for the bullshit that we've been through. Now we might have to disagree a little bit on some spirits, but I will say this before I get into that. Bob Johnson said we are owed $2.54 trillion. Uh, I hadn't broke down how they would equate to each black family or each black person yet. Uh, but we, we'll start there and say that. Uh, I can't say I agree with it, like I said, because I don't know how much that to equate to each black family or black person that will receive that money or each person of color. Um, I'm going to disagree and say the 40 acres is not going to work because I say it will work. I say it will work depending on where you give us that land. Don't give us 40 acres by the volcano. That ain't going to work by a volcano or something like that. But I tell you what, you give us some good land in Montana, Wyoming, uh, hell, you give us some some, some in California, some places got plenty of land. It's plenty of land in California, plenty of land in Florida, plenty of land in Wyoming, North Dakota, South Dakota, Texas. Uh, Utah, Texas. There's plenty of land that's untapped not being used. If you give black people 40 acres in certain areas, in certain parts of the states, where it's like, you know what, we're going to get all these black folks. I know we don't want segregation, but i tell you what. You know, all the black folks in Tennessee, we got this large lot of land. Boom, 40 acres for you, 40 acres of D-Rose, 40 acres of Spears, 40 acres of Flake, 40 acres of whoever in this area, and watch black folks turn it into something. Time out. All right. The reason why I say 40 acres ain't going to work is because somebody owns that land. Now, it would be different if there were so still a they, lot they, of land. In, so they, they, they took land from indigenous no. people. They, they took land from black folks. Time out. Land from this people. See, hey, give I'm it up. Hey, hey look, look here, look here. I'm not, dis look here, I'm not disagreeing with don't that point. Kicking you off the land with your tractor because your ancestors stole land from African Americans or stole land from this people. We giving it back to the black folks, just like they doing with that uh, uh, beachfront property in California. Hey, y'all finna just give it up. I, and agreeing, I'm not disagreeing with they stole, but what I'm saying is. Somebody owns that right now. Somebody, so, people don't own every piece of land in America. You no, time out. There's every not piece of land in America is owned by somebody. Yes, there's not too much. There's not too much land owned by the government. There's a lot of land owned that's not that's untapped that is resourceful owned by individuals or corporations, but they're not doing nothing with that land because they're waiting on somebody to come in and buy the land. So therefore, that's why I say 40 acres in a mule won't work because we don't know. Because I don't know the numbers exactly, but I don't know how many millions of black folks there are in America to divide up whatever's left of America. And I don't think everybody would be able to get 40 acres in a mule because not only does that not fall to 
me, you, and Rose, that falls to our descendants. So then therefore, everybody who's born right now, your, your daughters, my children, yeah. they get 40 acres in the mule too. So it just yeah. don't fall under you. It falls, it falls under everybody who's birthed. So then therefore, because they're descendants. So therefore, splitting that up, I just don't know if there's enough land to split up 40 I acres of mule for all the millions of people, of black people that there are. I, I would say this, because it, it doesn't necessarily have to be 40 acres, but to Flay's point, so we could just keep it going like that. I think that the land is needed because that's houses, that's schools, that's anything that you would actually like to do with that's farming, uh, which is something that was you know stripped away from us when the land was taken from us. So I think it's a lot of, I don't think 40 acres and a mule is the ultimate all in be all and that's just gonna end the conversation. But I definitely think that land would be a very pivotal point in moving forward even from now. It's like, we need that from farming, schooling, uh, hell, if there's want to be another Black Wall Street that's untapped or what have you, that's that. But uh, that's just one of them that I think is be very helpful as land because I don't think it's just money, which is what a lot of people want. Prime example. Prime example. We got an episode that's coming up that's going to talk about how land was taken and folks are like, all right, we're going to $500. We taking it anyway. So the government got it in their power yeah. to do what they need to do. Now, will they do it? Probably not. But, you know, I mean, we got, you know, I ain't trying to, but never mind. We can't do Puerto Rico like that. But, you know, I mean, if they say global warming is real, you know, Alaska going to be beachfront property pretty soon. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> but the flip side of that is giving us 40 acres in the mule, if we don't have no resources or money to put anything on that land, how good is that land to us? But because, see, I think because, go ahead, go hold ahead. On. because what we would be doing is what we talked about in the previous episode. We'll be selling it. We'll be buying it back. We'll be giving it back to the people. Therefore, to get some money in, because what we lack is the actual, the revenue, the actual capital. And so if they give us 40 acres, but we can't put no properties on it, we can't put no houses on it. Again, like you said, Rose, we don't know how to farm no more. Like we don't know any any trades or anything to help cultivate that land. A lot of us will be selling it right back to the people that we just got it from. I so would say again, that. I would. I would say this. I'm not going to say that we don't know how to farm. It is something that we've gotten away from. But, and I know you've done some history, uh, some research on it. But black farmers were targeted purposely to not go through them so they would go to the point of hey we get away from our resources because when you think about it it's like them little small little, little towns it's a bunch of families that still farm black people were shut down because they start stripping them of their resources or they were going through damage on their property or it was burnt down it was a bunch of different stuff that was targeted to them to force them to sell the land so when you think about being surrounded by your people for blocks and blocks unless you just got a a hater in the mix of you all, farming shouldn't become an issue because black people still, my uncle them still got a full garden behind their house. My great uncle them to this day, like I'm pretty sure that's on both sides of the family. They know how that's working, but they know how. I just think that since we're of an era that wasn't really endorsing it, a lot of people don't realize why they they were forced to sell that land because they come with, even like with our family, me and Flake, we had a conversation with my, my grandmother and 
it could be going down the line and they may not know who owns the land. So somebody, you know, knock on wood, something happens to happen within our family. We just got to hope that it ain't somebody that's actually over that contract of that land and that they can't come in and just take it because, you know, property taxes being paid. So-and-so really didn't have this taken off or did they already sell it? And you still thinking that we own the land because of the, we got a, a, you know, a road that says, Hey, this is your people. So it's a lot of underlying issues that I think if, People focus on the knowledge part of it. If we're provided with the resources, I definitely think that there's a lot of black farmers that would love to have 40 acres and would have that thing jumping. And that restriction. One, thing, one thing that you touched on is the property tax. Yeah. You're still going to have to pay property tax and people ain't ready That's to pay that for 40 acres. And, and that property tax on 40 acres is, is going to be a bitch. Depending on where but, you at, though, because uh, like if you somewhere in like country Tennessee or uh, down South Georgia, it's not what people think. Like for the amount of acres, like boosted down there, like just to use him, not to be using a celebrity, but he's not paying that much for that spot he got down there right outside of Atlanta. And he found that in the middle of nowhere. But is he on 40 acres? Yeah, boost on like 30 or 40 acres, bro. He got a lot. Then he bought like oh, yeah. 10 more to the side of him. Yeah, bro. Yeah, when he came out, he he did his thing down there in Georgia. I think it's like, I want to say it's Douglasville. Whatever's like his little country town is close to. Uh, Atlanta, and that's where he bought his crib. And I think he said he got the 30 he owned, and then he just bought the other plot beside him, and that's another 10 to 20 acres. So Boosie out there about 50 acres. But but he still has the resource to Oh, pay yeah, 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 yeah. I'm and, following and, that. And then an, another thing that you said, and then I'm gonna let you go, Flake, I'm sorry. Another thing that you said is, though, that our uncles and black farmers who actually are grew up in that and know that would love it. But we got to talk about the masses. The masses ain't really going to be trying to till or plow or turn no 40 acres to, to get nothing. Now, I'm not saying that there won't be some who say, fuck it, because I know the value in this and I know I'm, I got access to something that I never would have had before. But it's still a lot of us that's just going to be like, I can't do this, this too much. This ain't even what I want to do. I don't aspire to be a farmer. Like, so, and then they're going to be trying to trying to sell it and trade it. But Flake, say what you got to say. And then let's get back to answering the question about what would be what you would accept from the government and then what would be what you wouldn't accept from the government. Uh, what I was going to say is that that's your prerogative. If they give you 40 acres, you want to sell it, that, that's your, that's that's on you. But it's the same thing they give us cash money. They give us cash money, it's going to be the same thing. It's going to go right back into the company. It's gonna, you're going to spend that money. You're going to go out and buy a house. You're going to go out. Well, I'm just saying with some people. Not all. Some people going to go out and buy a house. They're going to do that. Some people ain't going to flip it. Then you're going to be looking at your little cousin, John John, like, bro, why you didn't invest? Why you didn't, why you didn't do stocks? Why you didn't save it? Why you didn't do X, Y, Z? You're going to see little John John with the $40,000 watch on, sitting on 28s, you know, and that's just going to happen. That's just going to happen. I'm P -P sorry. PPP all over again. PPP <laughs> all over again. You know what I mean? But I'll be honest, my, my answer was, like, for right now, without doing the research on how much that 2.74 tree and a 2.54 tree and whatever that is for each person, I'll take 40 acres. Me, personally, I can only speak for myself because I got family members that got gardens, that do farming. You got to think, I come from country town, Tennessee. 
So we gonna make it do what it do. I can do a lot before that because they could be the family land, and you know we have family reunions. We going out there. We can set up some farmland. We can do whatever we need to do out there to get stuff going. Uh, so me personally, I mean, that ain't what all I can take. If I can get a better deal, please believe me, I'm gonna take the best deal. Uh, what was a slap in the face? I heard one person had come out and say one point in time and say every black person should get free college tuition. I thought that was just the dumbest thing ever right there. I just thought that was pretty stupid. I said, that ain't nothing, but depending on what school you go to, they ain't number $50,000. Man, come on, man. I ain't saying nothing. $50,000 is a lot, but when we talking about compared to reparations and how much money was profited off the backs of slaves, $50,000 is like $2. Yeah, um, I, I would say this. I think for, for me, not I think for me it would be is of course the land, um, everything being debt free, uh, me being able to start a business free of charge with the capital and everything to cover until it's profitable. And um, so what is it? And I would think for people, honestly, free education. So if you wanted to do um, college or what have you, I think that would be important. A slap in the face to me is, uh, what we're doing now, sitting here rambling about what we think could actually happen. That's that's the worst that could happen is that it's been nothing done about reparations where we can talk about other uh, ethnicities that have been provided this because they know for a fact that their people were wrong. That's it. And for me, it's a little bit deeper. So for me, it will be everything that would add equity to our lives. So therefore, free education, if and only if you want to go to higher learning or whatever. So therefore, at any college, so I don't care if your college is 50,000 a year, I don't care if your college is 250,000 a year, free for any person. And as they did it, the one drop rule, I don't care if you got one drop of blackness in you, it's, it's free for you. 10 acres, so then therefore, Everybody gets land. Everybody has access to property. Five million dollars. So then therefore you have capital and resource to do whatever you want in your land, to invest in whatever, to give to your business, to create a business, to do whatever you want. Then also free health care for however old you are up to that point. So if I'm 35 right now, I get 35 years of free health care because at the end of the day, y'all have devalued me, diminished me, made me go through certain things and all this other stuff. Swipe my credit clean, clean credit. So therefore, if I fuck up my credit now, it's on me. But because I know better, because I have these resources and this access to things, I am at an equitable level to play the same game that y'all been playing for 400 plus years. Then also, legislation changes. So police reform, constitution reform or amendments added to the constitution to make certain things different. And the last thing I will say is, free, nonviolent 
and non-sexual offend offenders in the prison system that are black. Let them all out immediately. And that's what I would say would be sufficient reparations for us because you can't just touch on one part and skip the others because at the end of the day, the reason why we're in this, this rabbit hole or this ditch that we're in is because they might've cut off a foot, but they allowed you to, to climb the ladder somewhere. But if you don't have it all, in all honesty, unless you have certain people to help lift you up or unless you have certain resources or certain access, you're gonna be right back where you begin. So everything needs to be addressed and not just one thing. And that's why I say everything that I said would be sufficient enough for us. Well, hell, I thought we was just talking about just one thing at first and then go deep into it. Hell, I named one thing that I've been supposed to like, Jay Flake, crazy as hell. That's all he wants is one thing. Hell, I know we was doing a whole wish list out here. See, <laughs> I, I sure would have dropped the most stuff. So, yeah, if we're going to do the land, yeah, I want land, I want money, and I want free education. But uh, when I said that was like the craziest thing, I felt like slap face, somebody just offered the free education, and that was it. Like, that should hey, be it. I don't hey, want to pay you, no taxes either. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on the taxes. But when you think about free schooling, though, if you got somebody that's going to be like a doctor or a lawyer, that's going to be about a half a ticket. Like going through yeah. school in the time, like so. I but, mean, I get what you're saying, just not the only thing, but right. some people that do value degrees, uh, because like when you think about it from a doctor and a lawyer perspective, it is needed. Uh, I mean, better than nothing, not you know what I'm saying, but I feel what you're saying though. I was yeah, thinking yeah. about no taxes. The only reason why I said I didn't bring it up is because when you think about how much taxes mean to a community. So therefore, I'm not opposed to paying taxes to help my community out because I'm gonna live in the community where I grew up at or where I'm from or whatever. I'm gonna give back to, like we say, buy the block back. I'm gonna give back to them because without the resources of all of us paying taxes in the communities that we're from, we would be siphoning and taking away from education, food banks, all this other stuff. And, natural resources in those communities because we're all living tax-free. And you know, white folks ain't gonna come back and you know give because they're not living in that zip code so they don't have to pay taxes there. Hey, I, I paid every son like Taz and Alvin could. Yeah, and yeah, but, <laughs> but, but in, in all reality, it's it's not even just somebody of a, of a different ethnicity because we, I mean, we have people within our own within our own tribe that wouldn't give back to uh, their community if they weren't held to a standard of having to. You know how that, you know how that go. Uh, we've been in several discussions around people that feel as if that, you know, once they've left and they've turned their back, they don't understand. Uh, uh, they're detached, let me say that, because they do understand, but they're definitely detached from what it feels like to be in those poverty-stricken environments. So I wouldn't even just blame white folks. Sometimes you gotta just call us out on some of, the, some of the stuff that we would actually avoid purposely just because so I could say, look at little D-Rose down there. I mean, that's just what it is. Right. We sometimes our own biggest enemy when it comes to that. Don't call that, yeah. call that shit what it is. Shit, don't say stuff. Call yeah, that shit but, what it is. Yeah. yeah, but man, yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah.
<laughs> it was something else I was gonna say too, but I left that alone. <laughs> just just give a little background. Alone, but, yeah. Just give a little background on this whole reparations thing as America has done before. In 1946, the natives were given 1.4 billion dollars, but they only turned out to be 1,000 per Native American. Uh, and it was placed in a trust fund that was held by the government. The government was accused of mishandling that trust fund. So who knows what happened to that money? Most natives are saying those casinos on their land has been more profitable than this reparation that they gave for the $1.4 billion they put in that trust fund or whatnot. Then who knows what happened with that? Uh, also, after World War II, they paid $20,000 to each survivor of the Japanese internment camps. So if you're in the Japanese internment camp and you survived it, you was paid out twenty thousand um, dollars. Uh, also, Germany even had the heart to pay eighty-six billion dollars to Israel in reparations uh, for the Holocaust. Now, they don't mention they don't mention the United States having their hands in this a little bit, but truth be told, the word on the block is the United States had their hands a little bit of paying uh, Israel for giving some money for the Holocaust. Which I believe they have because a lot of those um, a lot of those people that was in Germany that was a part of that was brought over here uh, to be scientists for our space programs uh, as well. So, but who also runs the entertainment industry? Yeah. <laughs> so, I but, but then also, <laughs> yeah. also, who is the spy for us yeah. in? The Middle East and in Africa and all this other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. no, so nah, I course, believe you. Of course they did. I scratch my back, you scratch mine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, you know how it go. You yeah. know how it go. Yeah. Yeah, you know how it go. So it's not like they can't they can't give it to us. Uh, and also just think about a lot of people, because this was the thing that we spoke about as far as a lot of these people running for president and whatnot. They The reparations conversation came up since we've had elections, reparations ain't been talked about since then. Uh, not as, at least not as heavy as it was when we had the election year. But they were always, the complaint was America doesn't have the money to give reparations to the slaves. But as soon as COVID hit, all of a sudden, checks was chichinging just out the blue. So as of a year ago, October of 2020, the United States has given out $2.54 trillion and COVID release funding. And that number has definitely went up because like I said, that was a year ago and they still handing out COVID release funding. They still giving out food stamps. They still giving out child credits. They still, um, each state is still giving out unemployment to an amount where people are not even going back to work. They just living on their unemployment until they just cut it completely off. They're giving out PPP loans that you don't have to pay back. So all of a sudden, this money that these trillions of dollars that they don't have, all of a sudden has appeared to be paid on COVID release. Not saying, not saying COVID relief is not needed. So I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is that the argument of not having the cut, the, the check, the cut, is false. It's, it's and false. I, and I was gonna bring that up because I was just looking up on my phone the percentage of African Americans. Uh, in the United States, and we only make up 13%. So then therefore, if you could cut a check for all these people, for the shit that Flake keep talking about that we said we wasn't gonna talk about no more. And he keep well, bringing it up. 
And now I had joking. to. Well, shit, I had to at this point because I mean that drives the point home. <laughs> that right there and, drives the point home. And, and keep name dropping it, but uh, that did. Hey, that, that, hey, hey, at this particular point, they might well go on to put him as a sponsor. He didn't got the shot. <laughs> He dropping in every episode. He is a proud supporter of the jam. Hey, call me, That's it. Call me, <laughs> Just call, call me. Call me little fizzy two times, hey, man. Call me little J- fizzy two times. JF19 is his new name. <laughs> JF19. I'm just driving. I'm just driving the point home. And, and then and on another episode, I can say why I got what I got. Why I got the little fizzy two times. <laughs> but, uh, but what I was saying was we make up 13%. If you cutting a check for everybody because of a pandemic and an epidemic going on for everybody, then therefore you could have gave reparations to 13% of American people. And so, as you stated, Flake, 2.7 trillion or whatever. 2.5 trillion. 2.5 trillion, but I'm going to say 2.7 because, you know, inflation. And we probably need to pull it up to about 4 trillion for for us though, and what we deserve, split between 13% of America versus all of America who filed their taxes or whatever to, to, to get you know what they got from the government, then you could do 13% of America and you could have been cut us a check and ran us our money for what we deserve, what is owed to us, what is our fucking birthright what we did to build this country. This country was built on the backs of my ancestors, my my forefathers, my my grandmothers. This, This country was built on the back of black queens raising their kids, breastfeeding their kids, parenting their kids. This country was built on our blood, our sorrow, our turmoil, our strength, and our culture. So if you want to do all of that, run us our money, give us our bread, and it should have been cut. And when you could do this for a pandemic that still to this day ain't knocking out more people than what the flu is, My 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 sisters and brothers, y'all really got life fucked up, and that that's all I gotta say about that. Need that fourteen trillion, like Bob John said, gives that fourteen trillion. I'm telling you, what's funny though, like in slavery, if a slave had slept in a white person's bed, they would burn that bed. But they was good enough to give you all that good old titty milk, though. That's crazy as hell. That's crazy. Hey, that's the craziest mess I've heard in my life. You gonna tell me I can't share food, rag, cups, none of that with you, but my baby can suck on that slave titty, though. You got to be the craziest thing I've heard in my life. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I'm gonna leave that there. I'm gonna leave that there. <laughs> I'm gonna leave that there, man. But yeah, uh, Flake, what did you have? Uh, experience? did y'all have another question in regards to. Uh, nah, don't say what you got to say. You got me fired up out here, man. Nah, I see you fired nah. up. I, yeah, it, it, <laughs> I wasn't really gonna say nothing, but just it's just the thought of it is that 
raise them, cook for them, breastfeed them. But I'd be damned if you sleep in my bed. Like, okay. <laughs> like, just make it make sense, dog. Like, that's it. That's it. That's it. Spirit, what was your question, though? Did you have another question for? No, nah, I really didn't have another question because uh, we basically covered everything. But I, I guess I do got one more. If we never see reparations, are you bothered? Does it affect you? Do, do you do you feel some type of way, or is it just you go on about your everyday life? My my honest truth is that um, just from prior conversations and just the people that I'm very very blessed to be around, um, I can honestly say I don't think that um, it will be needed if everything goes as planned if we stay focused and intentional amongst each other. Uh, it would be a little bit disheartening, but just to the people that are listening, that's not going to make or break us because, I mean, honestly, we've been doing it uh, this long. I just think that, you know, if this is a conversation, if this is something that people really want, just look at ways that where we could actually make it our own thing to give ourselves our own uh, reparations. And that starts with keeping everything like we've talked about before within our community. And uh, if we continue to do that and do it even more, uh, the conversation wouldn't necessarily be needed. Now, should we have gotten them? Absolutely. So I'm not negating that fact at all, but the most important part is keeping it within the village. And then when they start seeing that that money is coming here, it's kind of hard to stop because then now we start to, to pour those billions and trillions that we spend into our own communities. And uh, that kind of, replaces the oppression per se, uh, because now we have the dollars to combat all the things that we say that we don't have. Money solves that. Uh, I'm gonna feel some type of way, but as the old saying goes, you never miss what you never had. Um, I will say this also, every, every kingdom has a time that it will fall as America now is being known as the greatest country uh, on planet Earth. If it's not done, it will kick back and the American kingdom will fall. Um, will black people be here when that happens? Who knows? We might, we might be gone and move somewhere else. Not saying that's going to happen. Not saying it's a plan out there, but I mean, the Egyptian kingdom has failed, Rome has failed. Uh, so, you know, America won't always remain at the top and it's, and it's probably shaving a lot of years off of America being at the top if you don't correct all the wrongs you have done and keep trying to sweep everything under the rug that has happened. I mean, if you, if you just to kind of speak to your point, if you're, if you're watching real close without saying too much, the paradigm is definitely shifting. Uh, and they're taking every step possible uh, behind uh, agendas to make sure that things don't go too far right or left that's outside of their control. So paradigm is definitely shit. What Negro saying is white folks ain't having kids and people of color is taking over the whole country. <laughs> I don't think that's the biggest one. I really think that, that that's that's key when it comes to the reproduction. But when you think about the 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 
the internet era has provided so much knowledge and resources that now you can no longer just hide behind it not being resources of people that you cannot connect to. And young people are touching money way faster than we was even touching. I'm only 30. So it's like, it's only so long that you can just dangle that carrot of just having money. Then now the whole focus or the shift would be is, as the paradigm shifts is how do we put ourselves in power to make those calls to where we make sure that we take care of our own no matter what, just like they've aligned everything. But the reproduction people color, People of color making power moves. If you looked at the, the most recent election, you start yeah. to see people that's taking certain seats. You start to see people take seats that that you wouldn't think they would actually be there. So, I, not even just from an election point. Since we're going deeper with it, I'm honestly thinking from a mindset. Is I don't think that I've seen the people that it's not necessarily is looking at it as hey, give me some. It's more or less we going out and taking it because we see uh, that it is a piece of power for everybody to get out here. That's where I'm yeah. looking at it. It's like, it's not even the same mentality. Like we talked to our, I can talk to me and you can go talk to your mom and my grandmother right now. And they'll probably call us crazy for some of the stuff that we would say. Like Dick Gregory oh, said, yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? So like, it's a whole different that paradigm is shifting. So, you know, we just unruly and say everything well, generation. Well, how they, but, we, yeah. But what I do want to say is, I don't know if y'all been watching but the thing that they're trying to do to offset that they're not making no children and that they're not reproducing and that their numbers are diminishing is classifying other ethnicities mm-hmm. as Caucasian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Moving, moving this them. Ain't the first to, time. Moving them to the Caucasian or white sector and trying to inflate their numbers. So that is something that you also got to be mindful and careful of because when they do do that, they start giving them other cultures that privilege. And then therefore them other cultures turn their backs on the disenfranchised and the marginalized. And then therefore they start sticking their noses up at us and others because they feel like they got certain access to certain things because they are categorized as something. And so it gives them a benefit. Mm-hmm. So that's the way that they are trying to offset their numbers and their lack of reproduction and procreation. So I would just say to all of our supporters and listeners, be mindful of that because just because we popping out babies and we doing certain things and we're, gaining certain accesses financially and in other aspects of life, whether it be entrepreneurship or whatever, you still got to be careful of the dirty game that they play and they will do anything to keep their numbers, their numbers and our numbers, our numbers. So then they always feel as the superior and us as the inferior. And that's just yeah. what I wanted to say. Well, look, little, little history lesson on that. You brought that up. You got to think about that. When Italians started migrating here, they did the same thing with them because Italians wasn't seen as being the same. And then all of a sudden, a little shift happened where it was like, oh, no, y'all come along with us. Same thing happened. Uh, same thing happened with the people that came from Ireland. It was mm-hmm. all them dusty, nasty. They started working with the black people. 
Then I was like, no, 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 don't do that. No, you, you, you go ahead and check that Caucasian, that white box also with us. No, don't do that. You come over here and you play with us. Now, what I've heard recently is they trying to get Chinese people. They trying to get them on their side to do the same. I don't know because Chinese people kind of they they stick together tough. So I don't know if they're gonna be able to pull that with those guys. But uh, but yeah, yeah, they they, they the first time that's been tried to work out, but tried to work out. But yeah, they moving on to our, to our Chinese people and trying to pull them well, over too. Well, I'm not gonna say Chinese because that's a little insensitive. But the Asian, uh, Asian, Asian, Asian. Sorry. I'm sorry. With the research I said, they said Chinese. My bad. So, so don't don't ridicule you, boy. I'm just going out what I read. So the Asian <laughs> community, they are attacking the Asian community. But to be honest, some of the Asian community is going along with it and is oh, yeah. accepting that privilege. Not all of them, but some of them. So again, that's what I say. You just got to be mindful and you got to be careful of the, of the games that they play. And you got to be aware of the game that you're in. You can't be playing checkers when they playing chess. You can't be playing badminton when they playing tennis. So you, you got to be in the game and you got to know the game. And so that's why I, I always preach educate yourself. And not on the formal sense, always, even though I think formal is important, but on every aspect of it, be educated. Yeah, and 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 don't be surprised when you see Uncle Ruckus and uh, Clayton Bigsby also claiming is that they are that just to be real with you. Got that reverse villain line going. Yo, yo. <laughs> so you, so don't be surprised. But yeah, man, that's Nathaniel. Yeah, Nathaniel is considering himself Caucasian. So if he want to play the game, hey, get in it like EA. You feel me? Do what you got to do to survive out here. So yeah, don't be surprised. But yeah, man, that's all I got, man. Uh, Flake, you got anything else? If not, I'll jump into this Black Business Minute. Nah, nah, I ain't got nothing else, man. We, we done had a lot of fun with this. We done dropped some facts, and we done had a lot of fun with this subject tonight, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, our Black Business Minute for this week is manna juice. Just like manna from heaven, manna juice products are a gift to consumers. Located in Mansfield on the Arlington slash Grand Prairie border, and made from 100% organic produce, our cold-pressed juices, fresh smoothies, and acai bowls are handcrafted to accentuate flavor and maximize the natural benefits of each ingredient. Our cleanliness will nourish and replenish you with the necessary sustenance to fuel your body, mind, and spirit with nutrients and natural vitamins for days on end. So if you're looking for a mental boost, a midweek treat, or just a reason to smile, let our family-owned and operated juice bar share the gifts with you. Make it a taste great. Make it simple. Make it affordable. Make it for everyone. That's Mana Juice. So you can find Mana Juice at drinkmanajuice.com. So it's D-R-I-N-C-K-M-A-N-N-A-J-U-I-C-E.com. And then they also have uh, Instagram, Facebook, and I want to say Twitter. No, just Instagram and Facebook. And so you can find them on 3806 East Bar Street, Suite 128, Mansfield, Texas, 76063 in the United States, of course, if you're in the DFW Metroplex. 
And again, uh, just to give you a little bit more information, the number to contact them is 682-400-8059. So that's 682-400-8059. And if you want to just email them, you can email them at info at drinkmanajuice.com. And that's our Supremely Black uh, Minute for right now, Mana Juice. Salute. Salute to them, dope. Our Supremely Black Person Week is going to be Nia DaCosta. Uh, she is an American film director and writer. She is the first Black woman to have a film going number one uh, for cinema screening as being a Black female director or Black woman director uh, for her movie that had just come out, Candyman. Uh, so shout out to her for that film. And it has jumped up to number one at the Billboard. I mean, not Billboard, but uh, for the movie screenings. Uh, with Candyman being produced. She was born November 8th of 1989 in Brooklyn, New York. Her education stems from New York University School of Arts and Royal Central School of Speech and Drama. Uh, she, at first, uh, she originally just wanted to be a writer, but to see her first movie, Apocalypse Now, it sparked her interest in the filmmaking. Uh, she is responsible for directing and writing the movie Little Woods that came out in 2018 directing and writing Candyman of 2021 and been the director of a new movie that's going to come out called The Marvels in 2022. Her previous work uh, for short films, uh, she was the director and writer for the 2009 film The, Bla the Black Girl Dies Last. Uh, she was director and producer uh, for Night and Day that came out in 2013. And she was a writer for two short films that came out in 2014 called Celeste and livelihood. So shout out to that queen uh, for her movie role, her directing writing uh, for Candyman, which is now number one at the box office and being the first black woman, female uh, director and writer to hit number one at the box office initially in the first week. Dang, so Avery DuVernay didn't even do that? Nah, this not, Candyman not her film. No, I'm saying Avery DuVernay didn't even oh, hit not, number one. Not initially, she, she hit number one but not like the first week, like straight out the gate, number okay. one. Hers was like, you know, after after a couple of weeks, it rose to be number one Okay, on her film. And I got uh one more supremely black person of the week. All right. Uh, rest in heaven, King, rest in peace, King, to Michael K. Williams. Uh, as we all know, the actor scene. Omar. Omar from the wire, yeah. The, the actor seen an unforeseen death. He was dealing with some issues and some demons that he couldn't quite control, but that does not diminish the legacy, the impact that he had on our culture, our community, and our people. So I just wanted to salute to him. I don't have none of his accolades. I don't know, have none of his, his things that he did from his career, but I do want to acknowledge that he was a, a brilliant, a phenomenal, and a great being, soul, and person. And I would be remiss if I didn't give him his honor, even though it's too late. And I know we try to get the saying in, giving the flowers while they do, but we never know when our higher being 
our our maker and the creator is going to bring us home. But I just wanted to say salute to you. Rest in power, King. Uh, rest in peace. And we hope to continue to do the things that you started to do, that you were doing, and that we follow in your footsteps and make you proud. Salute, salute. Yeah, salute to him from um, all the things I've heard. Man, he was a, a kind, hard man, gentle soul. That um, pretty much gave us all. I know he caught some flack for playing uh, certain roles as being a homosexual man. And people asked him, you know, why would you do that? And he was like, shoot, man, for the right check at that time, I was broke. So you just never know what you're going to do. I, I need to eat. So, you know. He said, I locked into that role of Omar. I locked into some other roles and I had to go to those dark places. And, and he knocked those roles out, man. He, he is something special. Uh, he was discovered by Tupac at first, uh, the kind of play into the film as being his little brother. Um, so, man, shout out to him. Rest easy, man. People be careful, man, because uh, it's crazy out here. It, it 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 is truly crazy out here. So, uh, rest in peace to him, man. Yes, sir. You've so, with that up. being said, to all our queens out there, put your crown on, tilt that thing to the side, let them know you are a queen. For all our kings out there, put your crown on, tilt that thing to the side, let them know we are a king. We not three fifths of anything in America. We want our four acres of the music. We supremely black and we out.